This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the place to stay updated and educated. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 396. Thanks for joining me once again and welcome to any first-timers. Thanks for giving us a listen. My name is Stephen Fennec. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, why we all need to download the government's coronavirus contact tracking app. Apple has released a more affordable iPhone. And Hisense has launched its 2020 range of TVs. We'll take you through all of them. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at a work of art that also happens to be a high-end speaker. We'll also check out the Sennheiser 450BT noise-cancelling headphones. And JBL has released a new range of soundbars. And we'll answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected. And Norton, the company that keeps you protected. What your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Some very, very stirring words from John F. Kennedy during his inauguration and words that could actually apply to today's situation. I'm talking about the government's coronavirus contact tracking app. And I'm going to explain to you why we all need to download the app. I'm also going to talk to you about the privacy, how it works, and why we we uh, should be more concerned about solving this issue, getting rid of the virus, and getting back to normal life. This is a way that it is going to help us get back to resuming our normal lifestyle. There's been so much talk about this contact tracking app and I'm, I've been doing a lot of radio interviews and TV interviews about it. I've been asked a lot of questions about it. I've also seen the mixed reactions about it as well. I, I have been just fascinated by some people's opposition to, to this and, and that's their right. We'll talk about that in a minute. But just let's kick off with explaining what the app actually does. The contact tracking app. Now, we spoke earlier weeks ago about Apple and Google doing something. That's continuing. That's going to be something that's going to be available to other health apps at first. But it will also become eventually part of every phone's operating system, which you can activate in the settings. What I'm talking about now is the government's contact tracking app based on Trace Together, which was developed in Singapore, which uses your phone's Bluetooth connection to recognize other smartphones in your vicinity if you've been near that phone for up to 15 minutes. I don't know whether it's 15 minutes or longer or for up to 15 minutes. The government says more than 15 minutes, I think it's going to be. So it's a period of time. It's not like you just walk past them in a on the street and they, they're going to go into the list. No, you need to be with that person for a period of time. So what happens there, that person's details is then stored on your phone. So if they're running the app as well, of course, this will only work. It won't work if they're not running the app. So the apps will talk to each other. Their information is stored and encrypted on your phone. 
So my information is you, even if you went into the app to look for the list of names of you of people you contacted, you can't do it. You can't even see it because it's encrypted. It can only be decrypted by health authorities in the event, let's hope the unlikely event, that you test positive to the coronavirus or that someone you came into contact with tests positive to the virus. So that that's kind of the basics of it. I know the government hasn't been really upfront and transparent about how it will work. Yesterday, I think the Government Services Minister, Stuart Robert, he said the app is voluntary, of course, but he also said that it uses Bluetooth the, there's no tracking going on, so they're not tracking your location or any other personal details. It is pretty minimal, the amount of data it will store, and that data will only ever, ever come to light if you or the person you've been in contact with tests positive to coronavirus. Now, the reason why the government wants this, why we need a lot of people to use it, is so that it become it can become more effective. It's, it's useless if not enough people are using it. I think the conservative uh, aim is to get 40% of the population to get on board and use the app. That way, that gives a lot of data in terms of being able to track exactly where the virus is going. If this was to be done manually, it would take a lot longer to find, find out who you, you were in contact with find that person, contact them, make them aware of it. That could take days and by which time that could that the virus could spread even further before they were even notified. So there's that that's the basics of it in a nutshell. Now the 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 pushback on this and I don't think I think I don't know whether this is just because people just don't believe the government or people are suspicious all the time. Uh, suspicious of things like that. I'm not sure, but I'm not going to criticise people who don't want to use this because we've kind of conditioned ourselves, and I've been one of the help people helping to advise people on this behaviour. We have been we have been conditioned to treat our privacy with the utmost respect and our security of our information, our identity, our financial details, to protect that with our life as well. So I'm not going to, in one breath, advise people to be wary and careful on the internet and then with the other breath, the next breath, admonish people for being, for doing exactly that and being cautious. I can understand people's caution. But I want to explain, though, that the caution that people are exercising and the, and the perceived data that they think is going to be harvested from this app is actually a lot less than what you would share on a social media app, a food delivery app, a ride-sharing app, a game, or a music app. Now, of all those apps I've just listed, okay, I'll say them again, social media, food delivery app, ride-share app, game, music app. I'm pretty sure you, listening right now, has one or more of those apps on your phone right now. Now, in terms of the data they've got about you, they know your name, your address, they've got your credit card details even. They've got way more information than this contact tracking app will ever have. Yet yet we trust Uber to get us to where we need to be and we pay through their app. We trust Uber Eats to deliver our food a driver's bringing our food to us. We've paid through the app. We trust Spotify and Apple Music to have our details, to bill our credit cards every month. And we're on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram who track us, our every move, who know where we are, who know everything that we search for and everything that we do. These are already in our lives. So the people who... Uh, criticizing and stating their dis- their mistrust or uh, or their reluctance to use this app are expressing themselves on Facebook and Twitter the very platforms that will use that will track you and keep more data than the app that they're complaining about 
that that's the best I can do to explain how. Yes, there is data used, but if the government's to be believed, and the the current situation we're in, we're in is an extraordinary one. So there needs to be extraordinary measures to overcome it. Now, the way the government's describing this, it's a peer-to-peer connection that only you will have on your phone. It doesn't sit on a government server. It's encrypted on your device within the app and can only be decrypted by medical authorities. So it's not like they are tailing us wherever we go uh, or, or using our information to sell us things or to compromise our identity. That's not it at all. And again, as I said, if you you are well within your rights to say stuff that I'm not using it, that that's your right to do that. We live in a democracy. We live in a free country where people are allowed to do that. Just like it's not compulsory to give money to charity, it's not compulsory to volunteer to fight bushfires, it's not compulsory to just be helpful to other people. But there are people who choose to do that, and in that vein, I think we need to choose to do to download this app. I think as it's something we can do to help each other, to help the country, to help us get back to our normal lives. Because a matter of weeks ago, six to, six, six to eight weeks ago, we used to be able to go to the beach. We used to be able to go to the footy. We used to be able to go to the pub and have a drink. We used to be able to go to a restaurant for a meal. We used to be able to go to a cafe and sit down and have a meal or a coffee. Now, today, we can't do that because of this coronavirus. And if, if this app is the first step in helping us regain that lifestyle, in helping us really get a foothold to really conquer this virus, then put me down right now to do it. There's a lot of people who are working in the front lines of this, health workers, nurses, doctors. They are battling this every day. And they told us, for us to do our job, we need you to stay home. We need you to social distance. We've been doing all that. This is the next step in us getting back to normal. And in, in fact, my suggestion would be to encourage people. I don't know whether people would agree with this. When pubs and cafes and restaurants and cinemas eventually do open, perhaps within the next few weeks or months, then I reckon it would be an idea to to gain entry back into those places where you're probably still going to social distance, you're probably still going to keep your distance. I reckon to get into those places, you'd have to prove your, you've got the contact tracking app on your phone. It's like a pass to you for you to get back in there. See, we, we owe it to each other. That's why I played that JFK clip at the top. It's not what the country could do for us in this instance. It's what we can do for Australia and other Australians, especially all the elderly. Think of all the elderly people in isolation. There's a lot of elderly people who they are unable to see their loved ones because they are old, they're the most vulnerable, and we can't see them because of these restrictions. Now, wouldn't you love them those restrictions to be done with and us being able to visit our elderly parents, grandparents, friends, family? I know I would. And if it means for me to run an app on my phone that is collecting way less data than Facebook does, then sign me up. I've been talking about this a fair while, and you are more than welcome, of course, to read my story, my thoughts on this. How do you feel about it? Hit me up on Twitter. Let me know how you feel. Uh, At Stephen Fennig is my address. I'd love you to read my story on Tech Guide and make up your own mind. And again, I respect you if you don't want to do this. You, it's your right. And, and that's the beauty of this country is that we're in a democracy. There are people who are not going to agree with each other. But I think in this instance, we kind of can do something that will benefit everyone. If we all get in together, have enough people using this app, then it's a step closer to resuming our normal lives. You can read that story, techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec.
Okay, let's switch gears from coronavirus to some actual t- some tech. Uh, we're going to talk about the new iPhone. Yes, there's a new iPhone. We've been talking about it for a while, and apparently the coronavirus delayed the launch of this, but not by much by the looks of it, because it's available from this Friday. From April 24, you can get your hands on the new iPhone SE. This is the more affordable, the most affordable new iPhone from Apple, starting at $749. That's the Apple version of entry level, uh, $749. That gets you the iPhone SE with a 4.7-inch retina display. It also has Touch ID built in. Has the, It's got a home button, of course. So it looks, looks like the iPhone 8 single-lens camera system for $749, but... What you get with the iPhone SE is the latest processor. So whether you've got an iPhone 11 or an 11 Pro, you're running the A13 Bionic processor, and that is exactly the same chip that's going to be in this new iPhone SE. So on the performance side, you're going to see you're going to get the exact same result. Of course, the difference being with those more expensive models, they've got larger screens, better quality screens, better camera systems, face ID instead of touch ID. They're made from more premium material, so there's a real differentiation. But for the customer who desperately wants an iPhone but can't afford 1200 or 1500 bucks for a brand new iPhone 11 or 11 Pro, this is a great way to get in on the iPhone again. Especially, I think, too, for a lot of younger users. I know there's a lot of teens and millennials and uh, people in their early 20s who just don't want to know about any other phone but an iPhone. There's plenty of Android phones that are way cheaper than this. I reviewed the Alcatel 3X last week, which I used for a week without missing a beat. It cost 299 bucks. But if you're desperate for an iPhone, a new iPhone, the iPhone SE, is exactly what you can can buy. 749 is what it starts at. That's for the 64 gig version. Then it goes up to 128 gig for 829. And 256 gig is going to set you back $999. So uh, it, it, is, it is their affordable iPhone. There are, if you want a cheaper iPhone than that, there are still, uh, at places like Officeworks, JB Hi-Fi, uh, they still sell uh, the iPhone 7. I think a 32-gig iPhone 7 is 499 If you want a, a much cheaper device and still want to run an iPhone, then that's an option as well. But Apple don't sell that direct. It's only their resellers, Officeworks and JB and, all, and the like, that sell those devices. The cheapest phone you can get from the Apple website, so the newest, the cheap new iPhone, is this iPhone SE, which will be available on Friday, April 24. We're hoping to get our hands on it and hopefully give you our full review in the next issue, the next edition of the Tech Guide podcast. But in the meantime, if you want to read about the iPhone SE and its fast A13 Bionic processor, available in black, white and red, by the way, you can check that story out at techguide.com.au. Well, Hisense has become the latest TV company, the TV manufacturer, the latest to throw their hat in the ring. It's TV season once again in 2020. And Hisense, I've got to say, uh, are reaching for the stars here. Their, their whole approach is to go bigger. That, that's their approach with their TVs. A lot of their lineup that we're going to talk about in a minute really has addressed that demand from customers to have a much larger TV. 55-inch, I think, is now... I think the new normal, the new entry level is 65-inch and above. Remember when it used to be 42-inch? Then it hit 50, and then 55 became the new sweet spot. Uh, I think we've moved up now to 65 and above. I think there's more people buying 75 inches uh, TVs and above than ever before, and Hisense has really addressed that with their 2020 TV range. So what they launched was their new ULED TVs. Uh, so that's their Q series. Uh, sorry, their U series. 
but also to their S range as well, which is, sorry, it is their Q series, Q series of ULED TVs and their S series of UHD. So Q series is premium and the S series is slightly below that. So it's best and then better is the S series. And uh, the, the Q series, the, the S series, I should say, the S8, the S series, the biggest TV in the S8 range is 100 inches. And that's priced at one at fourteen thousand nine hundred ninety nine bucks, which fifteen thousand for a one hundred inch TV. That's actually it's pretty good value, I think. It, you can you can buy a ninety nine inch, uh, sorry, hundred inch eight K TV from Samsung. That's a hundred thousand dollars. I even think LG have an OLED, an eighty eight inch OLED that costs seventy one thousand uh, dollars, seventy two thousand dollars. I should say. I think that was on last week's show. But here you've got a 100-inch S8 UHD, so that's 4K, 14 triple nine. So $15,000, $1 change, you get a 100-inch TV. The S8 is also going to be available in 43-inch, 50, 55, 65, and 75, and, of course, the humongous 100-inch as well. Uh, now, the Q-Series, the biggest TV you'll get there is an 85-inch. So the Q-Series is the ULED TVs. The S series are they're just their regular 4K UHD TVs. But the ULED TVs is their quantum dot TV. So similar to the QLEDs from Samsung, similar technology, the quantum dot technology. Uh, that now has the full array local dimming, so much better contrast in real time. It's also got 200 hertz smooth motion rate. So if you're a sports fan or an action movie fan, hello, that's going to look really good. The Q series uh, biggest model is 85 inches, and that's priced at $5,499, which again, for a brand new 2020 TV, $5,499 is actually really good value. That, that's that's why that's what I like about high sets. They've kind of come in. I reckon they're in the well. Panasonic are not going to be selling TVs in Australia anymore. High sense are now part of the big four. The big four being Samsung, LG, Sony, and High Sense. And I think High Sense has probably already overtaken Sony and are nipping at the heels of LG and and Samsung. So High Sense. A lot of people who may not have even heard of the brand a couple of years ago, I've had so many people getting in touch with me who who are looking at prices thinking, wow, these are great, and that they see them in store, but they still need, some customers still need that reassurance about Hisense. I get a lot of emails from people saying, look, I really like this new Hisense, whatever, and are they a good brand? And I tell all of them, Hisense is a fantastic brand. They're the real deal, and uh, so a lot of people kind of need that reassurance that they're that this is a brand that's here to stay, that that uh, that's doing some really good work. And as as evidenced by these TVs, I saw these at the Consumer Electronics Show back in January. It seems like a lifetime ago, January, when I was in Las Vegas for this for CES, and these were really really impressive. And not only are you getting the latest tech, so things like that full array local dimming, which helps you, which utilizes the hundreds of LED backlight zone so it creates an adjust contrast in real time based on what you're looking at you're also getting dolby vision hdr so high dynamic range so the contrast range is amazing so more in the lighter and darker areas of the screen that then that's optimized frame by frame and on the audio side the q series also has dolby atmos which is this 3d surround sound so audio from all directions including from above you which is awesome. Uh, all the TVs from Hisense are also running the VDAR 4 operating system, and that uses AI, has a real simple interface, and has this amazing universal search functionality. So you get access to your favourite shows. It suggests shows that you may like, and one-button access to Netflix, Stan, Amazon Prime, YouTube, ABC, iView. So all the streaming services are right there. On the design side, Hisense, again, stepping up here, with super thin bezels, so there's hardly a frame around the picture. Stands are made out of aluminium, folded aluminium and pure metal. Diamond cut edges as well, so the TVs look great, as well as being great with picture quality and also great sound quality. So uh, really looking good. But later this year, Hisense is going to have a second wave of TVs coming through, and those will be the all-new dual-cell TV, 
and the Trichroma Laser TV. Now, the Dual Cell TV is their new technology that uses two bonded LCD layers that offer you the best of both worlds. So they offer the black levels of an OLED TV, but the brightness of an LED TV. Remarkable technology. I saw that at CES in Vegas as well. Put me down for one of them. They look amazing. Now, the Trichroma Laser TV is a short-throw projector. We reviewed one last year on Tech Guide. This is a projector. It looks like a an oversized VCR that puts, sits on your entertainment unit, like inches from your wall, and beams up an image onto a screen that can be up to 150 inches. So you don't have to mount it on the ceiling and, and go to the trouble of having a, all, all this stuff. It can sit at the front of the room and beam up this massive image in 4K, of course, as well. Later as well this year, Hisense will also be releasing its first 8K TV. So stay tuned for that as well. It's going to have its patented high-view engine that uses artificial intelligence to recognise and upscale images to near 8K quality. Fantastic. All the TVs that we spoke about, the S8 and the Q8 models, there are prices and screen sizes for every single one of them. They are appearing in stores from mid-May, so keep an eye on those. But every screen, the S series and the Q series, every screen size and every price you can find at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide. Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that keep you and your family safe online. Now, we live in a world where we're constantly connected and cyber attacks are more prevalent than ever. There's even more cyber attacks and cyber crimes being committed now amid the coronavirus than ever before. So there's phishing scams and ransomware attacks, online predators and big data tracking your every move. So you really need to take care of yourself. These threats have evolved and Norton has evolved with them. The new Norton 360 gives you next level protection, combining the power of device security with a secure VPN to help keep you and your family safe and private online. The new Norton 360 is all-in-one protection for your devices and online privacy. They're available now at leading retailers or au.norton.com. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. Now, first up in the reviews, I've got quite a unique product. I've got to say, this was an amazing thing. And it was was kind of two objects, two products in one. And I'm talking about the Pantheon. This is... When you first look at it, it's this egg-shaped object that the middle of it's been hollowed out. It's a, it's an, a thing of beauty. Like it, it, just on its own, it's a beautiful form, and it, it's like a work of art. And then when you look a little closer, you'll notice that it's not just a, a form. It is also a speaker system. The Pantheon is not only this beautiful work of art, but a high-end speaker system as well. And the other good news, it is an Australian creation. So this is created in Australia, this very product. Now, this is a high-end speaker. It's, it's a really high-concept product that will appeal to people who obviously appreciate style and art and beauty, but also have an ear for excellent audio as well. We had it for about three weeks in our house here, and it was a real conversation starter when... Uh, when someone would say my mum or someone would come over, not that we'd have many people over during this coronavirus lockdown, but they'd, they'd look at the front of my front of the room in, in my lounge room at the front of the house and they'd see this object in front of the window. They'd go, what, what is that? And just to give you an idea of the size of this thing, it's not small. It's like 66 centimetres tall and weighs 25 kilos. So it's a, it's a big unit. It's not, it's not very, it's not small, it's not subtle, it's quite large. 25 kegs and 65.3 centimetres high, 46 centimetres wide. And so it's quite an imposing thing, yet it is really peaceful to look at. It is something you can just look at and admire the curves and the shape and the form. 
But then when this person, whoever asks, asked me what it was, when they discover it's a speaker, then the first thing they said, well, oh, I've got to hear it. And boy, did they enjoy the sound. I have to say, they've spared no expense with this speaker. Now, I should at this point point out to you how much this costs. The Pantheon is $3,390. So here you're getting... I think there'd be many collectors who pay more more than that for a sculpture. Okay, so that's what you're getting, this sculptured bit of art. But the speaker system, oh boy, it is it is amazing. This has got... It's got 6.5-inch uh, subwoofers. They're in a base reflex chamber with curved port tubes that are diametrically opposed. So the reason they do that is that it cancels out the other's mechanical vibrations. There's similar... That's kind of attention to detail has gone into not only the audio quality itself, but also the product, the shape of the product as well. Like for example, the, the product itself is actually precision molded. So there is not one seam or join that you see on the product. So it's all done meticulously designed. And the cabinet is the the material used on the cabinet as well. So on the speaker portions are also hand-picked acoustic fabrics that help enhance that audio quality and listening experience as well. Now this is a big speaker and naturally it produces a very big sound. It's wireless of course, so there's Bluetooth, there's also Wi-Fi connectivity and there's also the ability to connect an Ethernet cable through the LAN port as well. So getting music to this thing, you have several options. If you want to stream through Bluetooth, you can do that. It, it has a companion app as well, makes it easy to control, makes it easy to update, makes it easy to access your music services as well. Listening through Wi-Fi, we were advised by Oren Adani, who's the head of Pantheon. He he delivered this personally, by the way. So the boss of the company delivered this speaker to my home, and he advised, look, you know, if you want to hear the better quality, slightly better quality than wi than Bluetooth, then you got to go through Wi-Fi and listen to a streaming service. Uh, one example is Tidal. Tidal is a high-res streaming service, so it's like Spotify on steroids, where massive library but at a higher bit rate so that it sounds better and I, I could hear the difference it was stunning how 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 improved the the sound quality was and even though this speaker has a very loud voice in other words it can be I could disturb the neighbors four houses up the street it still had though that amazing subtlety to play any different kind of music. If I played classical music through this, you could hear every string and every key and every horn that's blown. And if I want to play heavy metal, it will give me all that as well. So its, it's response to any type of music, handled it with ease, would change gears to suit the type of music you're looking for. So amazing how they've done that and put it all together in this, this tremendous form that... Yes, it's a pretty niche audience who's going to buy this. This is going to be, for a start, the price says a lot. So I know audio files don't bat an eyelid at spending 10000 on a cable or any anything that improves their sound. So in the audio file world, this is probably a bargain. But for us normal, us normal mortals... It is. This is going to appeal to that kind of what I call a niche crossover audience of art lovers, audio files, and someone who's got a few dollars in the bank. So intersect all those factors, and then you've got the perfect Pantheon customer. For everyone else, uh, we, there are other options, of course, way cheaper than this that sound great as well. But Pantheon, though, is still something we can all aspire to. It's a thing of beauty. It sounds beautiful as well. You want to read our full review and check out the pictures. There's some amazing photos, including some of our own, but also some supplied images of the Pantheon. Uh, it is something to behold. Check it out, techguide.com.au. We'll stick it to audio, and I've just noticed all the reviews uh, have all to do with audio, so we're going to stick with that theme with the Sennheiser 450BT noise-cancelling headphones. Sennheiser, great brand. 
been around for 75 years, can you believe, producing audio. German company have been at this a while. They've got a, a pretty distinguished heritage when it comes to producing fine audio through their headphones and their various other products. So uh, the the new headphones, the 450BT noise-cancelling headphones, are no exception here. So uh, we took a listen and... What I like about these, there are there's lots of wireless noise cancelling headphones on the market, and finding one that ticks the boxes in terms of quality, uh, heritage of you know, audio quality, build quality, but also price, that is, that's a hard that there's there's not many that fit that can tick all of those boxes, but this is one of them. This is two hundred ninety nine ninety five. Way cheaper than the Boses and the Sonys and other brands. Even the Microsoft noise-canceling headphones were more expensive than this one. But Sennheiser, who have got this trusted brand name, but also have this iconic sound and audio quality to their products, have really delivered here. They're available in black and white. Very comfortable to wear. They've got this beautiful padded headband and really luxuriously soft ear cups as well, which cover your ears quite nicely. But and that that also adds, by the way, to your to the noise cancellation. So the the ear cups completely cover your ears. But then there's the active noise cancellation that uses the microphones to then reduce the ambient sounds around you. Uh, so there's that as well. So uh, right off the bat, you're going to have uh, it's comfortable to to wear. They're going to uh, the the ear cups are also quite soft. They're going to block out uh, some noise. The ear cups on the outside are plain. There's nothing on them. There's no touch. There's no touch controls, gesture controls on the outside. I think you'd probably find that on more expensive earphones. What you get in this case, all the controls are on the right, the bottom of the right ear cup, and there's a few of them as well. There's a, there's a fair few to get used to. Uh, there is uh, a few that there was also the on the power button, which is used for pairing. So if you press and hold the button down, it's used for pairing uh, and to turn them on and off each time. There's also the button to turn active noise cancellation on or off. So there's no, uh, you can't, some more expensive headphones give you a level of noise cancellation. With these, you don't get that. It's either ANC is on or off which is okay. That's not a deal breaker here. Next to that, 3.5mm headphone jack. So if you want to connect a cable, uh, next to that's USB-C charging port. There's also a dedicated volume key on here. So uh, you can adjust volume on the headphones rather than having to reach for your device. Next to that is a playback control switch so you can navigate your music. So play, pause your music uh, and move backwards and forwards on your playlist. That same button can also answer, hold, and reject your phone calls because you make calls through this. And lastly, there's also a voice assistant button so you can access Siri or Google Assistant uh, right at the very end there. So there's a fair, fair few buttons. I think you, it takes a bit of getting used to which button is which, but I think the very position and shape of the buttons give you a better idea of what's what. It doesn't take long to get used to it. I got used to it in in, in, in minutes. It wasn't too too bad at all. Um, sound quality, again, f- exactly what you expect from Sennheiser. Really nice, really crisp. Bass is kind of middle, middle, not too heavy. I think there's some people who the bass wouldn't be enough for them. They'd want a bit more. They'd want a bit of more of a larger, sort of a more voluminous sound out of these things. Uh, but I think really good balance in these headphones. Um, they, they do come, there's an app as well that you can control, just enhance the music a little bit. It's not going to turn your bass into like beats level bass or anything like that, but it is going to give you a little bit of a tweak for the treble and the bass slightly. Nothing drastic that you're going to change through the headphones, through the app. The app, though, is handy if you want to uh, upgrade the firmware and things like that. Uh, the headphones themselves actually fold down quite small, which I really like. That allows you then to really easily fit them in your bag. Like it, They fit actually quite compact. You see the picture of me holding them in my hand there and also the case in my hand. It is, it is quite small, surprisingly small for you to take with you anywhere. Now, the battery, another strong feature, the battery life is 30 hours on a single charge. Now, that's long enough to go from Sydney to London on a flight without uh, recharging the headphones. 
weren't those the days when you could fly on planes, Sydney to London? When you eventually are able to do that again, these headphones won't let you down. They will be there playing for you the whole time. Definitely worth a look. The Sennheiser 450BT. BT stands for Bluetooth. These are wireless, of course. Uh, Sennheiser, terrific brand, $299.95. If you want to read our complete review, you can find that at techguide.com.au. And rounding out the audio trifecta on the Tech Guide podcast reviews today is the new range of JBL BAR, I'm going to call them bar, sound bars. They, these are obviously to be added to your television. So TVs these days are really thin. They're, they're quite, uh, you know, the design of them is not conducive to producing great sound. Great sound requires space and air. It needs to move air around. And a, a, thin, a thin panel TV usually doesn't do that. Some of the latest do. We spoke earlier about the Hisense TVs. I've heard the sound that comes out of those. Pretty good. Even off a Dolby Atmos. But if you want to go to the next level, if you want to go bigger without having to buy numerous speakers to put around your room, then something like a soundbar from JBL, the bar range, uh, offers a great alternative. And even at its lowest price, the cheapest is the Bar 2.0 from JBL, $279.95. They offer you, obviously, 2.0 sound. And even that can really make a difference. Now, if you want to step it up, of course, you can go to the, the Bar 2.1. 2.1 is the same, uh, a, a slightly better sound bar, uh, but also the addition of a subwoofer. So you get 300 watts of power through through the sound bar and a 6.5 inch wireless subwoofer so you can add even more to your experience that's 549.95 you want to go to the next level though uh, at the top of the tree is the JBL bar 5.1 they're 799.95 and with this you get 5.1 surround so you get the bar and you get a subwoofer a 10 inch subwoofer this time so a bigger one sits on the floor that's, that's omnidirectional, so that can be anywhere. But the bar itself can produce 5.5 channel surround sound. So left, right, front, center for voices and rear channels, all from the front of the room. So you're going to be thinking there are sounds coming from behind you and beside you when this bar is sitting at the front of the room just in front of your TV. Now, yes, you can go to the trouble of putting physical speakers in all those locations, but it's going to cost a lot more than $799.95. You're talking thousands of dollars. You need an AV receiver. Trust me, I've done it. It costs a lot of money to do this. But if you don't want to go to that trouble or that expense, the sound bars, the JBL Bar 5.1, which has 550 watts of power, by the way, that 10-inch subwoofer, also has 4K Ultra HD pass-through. What that means is that you... If it's connected to your TV, it's going to still have not only the great audio, but also it'll pass through the signal for your Dolby Vision as well because you'll probably have your sources connected to the soundbar then to the TV. It has all the pass-through. And all these speakers, by the way, also all the soundbars in the JBL range also have Bluetooth. So if you want to stream your music to, to, through the, to the Bluetooth to the soundbar, you can do that as well. Also has Chromecast and Cast. And AirPlay too. So if you've got a Chrome, if you want to stream Netflix or some app that you think you can cast to the TV, it's got that covered. If you want to stream content from an Apple product, an iPhone, an iPad, a Mac, AirPlay too, tick that box as well. Uh, there is another coming later this year. They've got a they've got a more advanced edition, the the nine point one Atmos edition. That's coming, but it won't be available till July. And judging by the price of the five point one. I'm tipping that the 9.1 will probably be 999 or maybe 1299, but it is a 9.1 Dolby Atmos system. So sound coming from everywhere, including above you, which is remarkable when you're watching. I'm reviewing the new Star Wars movies on 4K, and the difference between Star Wars on 4K on a disc and Star Wars on 4K streamed is a the bit rate, so the picture looks better, but also the sound what you the sound you get. You don't get the Atmos soundtrack on the streaming services, but you do get it on the disc. 
just that alone is worth purchase because sound Star Wars movies sound as good as they look so that was an important feature but later on you'll be able to enjoy that through your JBL bar 9.1 Atmos but for the moment the JBL bar 2.0 and the JBL bar 2.1 and the JBL bar 5.1 are all available now uh, ranging in prices from two seven nine ninety five all the way up to seven ninety nine ninety five. If you want to see that story, see those pictures, see all those specs, check it out. Techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Is your Wi-Fi feeling old? Does it buffer while streaming? Does connecting new devices slow it down? And can it handle gaming, video calls, large file transfers? And what happens when you try to do all that at once? It doesn't matter how fast your internet connection is if your Wi-Fi router is old and outdated. With the Nighthawk Wi-Fi 6 from Netgear, your Wi-Fi will feel new again. Wi-Fi 6 is the latest tech that allows more devices to connect and stream simultaneously without impacting speed or reliability. The result delivers the fastest Wi-Fi for all your devices anywhere in your home. Stream in HD, 4K or even 8K without buffering. Eliminate that lag while gaming. Connect more devices to your Wi-Fi than ever before. Orbi Wi-Fi 6 is like upgrading your Wi-Fi to first class. If you're ready to experience Netgear's best Wi-Fi ever. You can get it today from Netgear and never worry about Wi-Fi again. Check out Nighthawk Wi-Fi 6 at netgear.com.au forward slash Wi-Fi 6. That's netgear.com slash Wi-Fi and the number 6. And now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Our Tech Guide help desk today uh, brought to you by our good mates at Belkin. If you need cables, chargers, uh, charging stands for your Apple Watch or your phone, check them out, belkin.com forward slash au. Support the sponsors who support us. But the help desk today, we've dedicated to making your Zoom experience. So we've been working from home. We're Zooming in our video meetings. We want to make your Zoom not only more secure, but also more beautiful. We're going to tell you on how to make your Zoom more secure and how to use free backgrounds to change it up a little bit, make it less boring. Let's start with the security tips. And these were supplied by Security Awareness Resource Know Before. And in particular from Jacqueline Jane, shout out to her. She uh, tagged me on my story on, uh, on LinkedIn. Oh, thank you very much for that, Jacqueline. But here are her tips for how you can secure your Zoom events uh, which will only take a few minutes in the setting. So there are nine things you can do. Are you ready? Number one, only use the official Zoom website and app. That's pretty obvious. Number two, require a meeting password when you are meeting with specific attendees. If you have a password, then not anyone can join the meeting. You need the password. Don't use your personal meeting URL. Always use a unique URL when you're setting up your meeting. Also, Use the waiting room function. That will only allow people you are expecting to enter your meeting. Number five, make attendees provide full names. Number six, disable video and mute attendees. So disable that. Also, number seven, disable screen sharing. So if you're running the meeting, you don't want anyone else to share a screen. You can disable that. So only you can do it. Number eight, lock the meeting once everyone has joined. Like a physical boardroom, if everyone's in the door, everyone's sitting around the table, and in this case, in the Zoom meeting, lock the door. You can shut that door, lock the meeting. No one else can join once the meeting has started. And lastly, number nine, keep Zoom always updated with fixes for the latest security updates. I think between all those, and you can read every one of them at our story on uh, on our story at techguide.com.au, some very, very good advice on how to keep your Zoom meeting safe and secure. Now, on to our next portion of our Zoom help desk here. We are talking about brightening up your Zoom meetings, and to do that, you can actually change your background. Now, what's happened in the last few days, there are some companies that have come forward with free backgrounds. 
including Getty Images. One of the biggest photo agencies in the world has shared some of their best images for you to use as your backdrop. So it can either be a place, like for example, Getty have offered an image of the Great Pyramids. So you can have the pyramids behind you. They've also got a great shot of stadium seating. So imagine having that as a background. It's like you're sitting in a stadium. That's really cool. Uh, as well as others, they've got dinosaurs, they've got rainbows and a basket of kittens if you're, if you're that way inclined. Canva is also another company, an Aussie company, by the way. This is a company that makes it really easy to design graphics online. They've also come up with a selection of images and even moving pictures. So one of the, one of the images they came up with was a funny one. It's a cafe. So you can be like like you're sitting in a cafe. There's also great moving pictures as well. One Earth rotating from space, so they'll think you're on the International Space Station. There's also a coral reef with fish swimming. And there's also a really nice one of a waterfall. So isn't that delightful? But you know what? And you know me, I'm a Star Wars fan. If you're a Star Wars fan, of course, you can choose to set your background, a Star Wars background. There's some good ones too. There's the asteroid field. You can have Cloud City as your background. You can have Coruscant as your background, the, the Coruscant skyline. You can even have the Death Star control room, the Death Star ruins from the new movie, The Rise of Skywalker. You can even have the ice planet Hoth as your backdrop. There's a few from there. You can have the Imperial Star Destroyer bridge, Jakku, so that's the planet in The Force Awakens where Rey, the scavenger, is from, Kylo Ren's Star Destroyer, or my favourite, the Millennium Falcon. There's a few from the Falcon. Tatooine has a lovely background, a star field. And there's even, and again from the latest Star Wars film, the Emperor's Throne on Exegol, which is pretty cool as well. So jazz up your Zoom meetings. You can do that. Uh, it's really easy to do. I've included the instructions on how to do it. So basically what you do, you go to your profile picture, click on Settings, down the left, there should be a, a, a selection called Virtual Backgrounds. Uh, in the Virtual Backgrounds tab, select one of Zoom's defaults or upload your own image, which is what we've been talking about. And then you're up and running. To add your own image, just click the plus icon to upload from your computer. And you are done and you will be the life of your Zoom meeting. Very fun. And I've put a story about using Zoom securely and also changing your backgrounds at techguide.com.au. And that's full time. That's the end of our show for this week. It went so fast. Everything we've sp spoken about, of course, you can find at our fabulous website, techguide.com.au. Be sure and give us a visit. We love you listening to the podcast, but we, we'd love it if you visit the website as well. And if you want to get in touch with us, of course, our email address is info at techguide.com.au or hit me up on Tech Guide. There's a, an, an icon on the right-hand side that says Ask Stephen and it will come straight through to me. We also want to give a special thanks to, to our sponsors, Netgear, the branch you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Thank you once again for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. But until then, stay safe and stay connected.